okay. Hey, everybody. Hey. Um, Hello. <laughs> thank you, guys. <laughs> it's me, Aaron, uh, your GM, the whole little bit that I do. Um, but yeah, we're doing a little talky talk special here because guess what? Yeah, we've been doing this for, well, admittedly, we've been doing this for a lot longer than a year but the we've podcast been releasing been going up. it for a year yeah wow <laughs> <laughs> three years becomes one really fast mm-hmm. um but yeah it's it's really great that everybody's been listening and we decided to you know we know we're taking a break right now to try and catch up on the production of stuff and to give tori a little rest especially with her move coming up thank but- you <laughs> But yeah, so we decided we were just gonna, for a little anniversary as a special thing, um, yeah, we're gonna like talk about the the arc as it's been released so far of Salvage. Woo! <laughs> yeah, it's probably gonna be like a little less polished, a little more casual, just like talky talky. Um, I'm planning on not editing it quite as heavily as I do the episodes, but... What, you don't want additional workload while you're fucking doing a big move? Had a slacker over here. You know, only edits and makes all the fucking music. God. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I do, I do nothing for this show, truly. But yeah, but yeah, so, uh, we're happy to have you join us. Um, this is gonna be like an odd little format, cause, um... Uh, what we're planning on doing is is kind of what we do at the end of every single one of our recording sessions. Uh, whenever we play the game, um, we we actually have a little debrief we go through over you know how everybody felt about you know what we did and how the story's moving and like uh yeah so we're we're gonna do one of those with with y'all talking about uh, what's been released so far. And uh, maybe maybe there'll be a little hints of what's to come as well. Um, exciting stuff. How are how are all you doing? Uh, I am doing I'm doing rather well, and I'm going to answer this question again in a second because uh, Steve, I just want to ask to make sure that you're um, uh, mindful of the chair creaking as much as you can. Yes. Oh, it might be me a little too. Apologies. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. My chair is um, fucking silent. Yeah. Mm, sound is the grave. <laughs> Uh, but Tori will make this into something listenable, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, Tori will fix it in post. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like she yeah. always does. <laughs> the show's fucking motto. Yeah, like that one thing with, with fucking Zipariah, where it's like, oh, yeah, I wasn't super thrilled with this voice. We'll get Dan to dub it in, right? But it's like, no, we no. don't do that. <laughs> no, but also, like, your voice for him was great. It, it was, was terrible, but I'm glad you like it. <laughs> it was so fucking good. But but that's good. It keeps it more honest to like what the session was. Uh, I did not want to lose Aaron's takes on those at all. They were too good. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like that is one of the things we definitely really kind of try and focus on, which is like making sure the episodes are as we played them, even mm. if like you know we cut down on awkward pauses or looking stuff up in a rule book. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you know, I, I actually I was I was talking to um, a friend of mine the other day about the podcast um, mm-hmm. and he hadn't listened to it yet. So hopefully he's listened to it and hopefully he will uh, listen to it at some point. Um, but one of the things that, that he asked was was like, what sort of editing I do, like, um, you know, how much content I cut 
uh, how much, you know, sound design I do, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, uh, I guess folks who do listen to the podcast might also be curious. Like, um, I really try not to cut content as much as possible. Like, partly because getting all editorial and trying to cram one of our sessions into like an hour block or something like that would be horrendous on me as a person. It'd be super disingenuous too. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it wouldn't fit. The, the, it would mess with the pacing. Yeah. The only mm-hmm. other option would be cut up each session into multiple separate episodes, which would also potentially fuck with the pacing super hard because that's not how we recorded it. Yeah. Yeah. But like, it, it, it is a thing of like, you know, a lot gets cut out of the episodes, but it's mostly, it's really mostly um, rules stuff. Roll stuff in the occasional stack snack break. The occasional crunch, the occasional munch. Mm-hmm. But we should release a, a, a crunch cut where it's only snacks. Oh. So it, it's the Steve fucking exclusion. So. <laughs> yeah, let Steve have a turn of that. Well, we, folks what? don't know about this yet, but like, yes. but like, yeah, get, get Steve's ass. Just, just an entire episode of me crinkling wrappers. <laughs> just, <laughs> that's it. But, but yeah, like, I don't know, I, I'm really fond of the fact that, that this, this game is kind of just our game. It's our game with the occasional robot voice. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Hey, I thought I'd do a pretty good robot voice, even without the effects. Thank you very much. You, you do, you do. <laughs> but we, Weaver came into the picture, and I was like, well, I gotta do something with that. And then that set a, set a precedent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have fun with that next arc. Uh, oh yeah, Tori, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Oh, it's like every other character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I hadn't even considered. Oh, oh it's gonna be I mean, wild. As long as it isn't the Seraph again, I think we'll be fine. <laughs> you really went like above and beyond with that one. I, I don't think. I don't think you took the prompt of the prettiest, most artificial voice you've ever heard, like way too hard i mean i had to deliver you you can't say oh this this npc has the prettiest voice you ever heard and i can't do nothing with that i feel like that's like, aaron aaron nerd sniping tori a little bit you can't just lay that down and <laughs> oh or the thing with the description of the brothers i'm so uh, sorry well the thing with the description of the brothers that makes them not as bad as the seraph is that the seraph like talked for like 40% of the episode. The brothers had like 10 lines. Yeah, true. Don't worry, I'll bring them back. They'll, they'll be the stars of the show. Uh, can't wait. <laughs> no, but like... um, You're the pain in Tori's voice. You can hear it. it, it it's, it's rough because I don't think about this stuff getting produced until after, immediately after I say it. <laughs> I'm just like... um. Like, my DMing style is uh, improvisational. <laughs> a little bit. A little. I'm just grasping at straws every fucking second. So, mm-hmm. like, uh, I'll be like, oh, that's fun. Good idea. Throw it out there. Oh, shit, Tori has to do that later. <laughs> I, and it I, wasn't a... Cons- yeah. I mean, I, I, I do appreciate that that's the way that your brain works, though. Because, like, just from an artistic point of view, I would... or. Hell, even as like a player at the table point of view, I don't want you to, you know, hold yourself back from from stuff uh, just because it's, you know, I have to figure out something to do with it. 
Um, this is my player brain talking, not my uh, editor <laughs> brain talking. But it's it's like because we started this we started this whole show, this whole podcast, because of a game that we loved at the table that we didn't even think we were going to do this with. Yeah, that was the thing, right? Like, um, Dan suggested, like, like, um, and this answers one of the FAQ questions that'll probably come up later. But, um, like, we've been playing together, at least me, Steve, and Dan, for at least 10 years now. God, um, yeah. That's probably wild. more. Probably more at this point. Um, and... And side note, it also used to be a weekly game, so it was just going, 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 <laughs> going, going, and we had so many fond stories of it, from it and memories from it. Like it's a large part of of why me, Steve, and Dan got as close as we did. And Dan was like, "You know, it would be great. We should probably record this stuff so we don't forget it." Yeah, because we were like chatting over like you know old D and D stories, and we just realized like, "Wow, we've forgotten." A lot of the incredibly stupid bullshit that we've done. What if we just uh, recorded it? Whatever. Yeah, I'm sure we won't cringe later. <laughs> yeah, and then we did, and we may have gone a few steps too far. Um, but, yeah, a little bit. Oh, it's even funnier because <laughs> we recorded Salvage because we were like, we had this other game we were going to run and record and we just wanted to test the audio equipment so it's like you know i've been friends with tori for like a decade i wanted to i was like you know what i wanted to play tabletop with her for the finally and i wanted to introduce these two so you're literally like in the episode you are literally yeah, that listening was to them meet each the other first time <laughs> any of us had, like interacted with tori aside from aaron uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Like I think we sent like a couple Discord messages like right before like the day of. But yeah, it, it's 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 an audio test, and it's very much us meeting each other for the first time with the caveat, ca- 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 with the caveat that like <laughs> um, Steve, Dan, and Aaron had known each other for fucking ever, and Aaron and I had known each other for a long time as well. So there was still. You know, there is still in-group chemistry, but like, there's also the um, you know, excitement of bringing everyone together for the first time in this audio test. Which, if memory serves, um, I I don't think I actually knew that it was going to be a one-shot. Oh yeah, that's yeah, right. you, you had built a whole yeah. new character. character, and I came to the table with like a knife. Nothing. <laughs> And See, you came with literally sheet. no character. I built it for you as we were setting up. Uh, yeah. Oh god, that was so stressful. It was amazing. Uh, have, did we? I can't remember. It's been a long time since I've listened to the first two episodes. But like, did we ever mention in podcast the reason why Hobo Joe is called Hobo Joe? I don't. I think, think we like we like danced around it because I definitely was was ripping on Steve for it a little. <laughs> yeah, but no, it was literally just fuck it. I can't think of a name. Uh, uh, Hobo Joe, we'll figure something out later. This game doesn't matter. It was borderline punishment for me not putting together a sheet before. Yeah, because you didn't put together a sheet before. Oh yeah, I didn't do that. But, it was uh, deserved. Well, oh, I wouldn't say it was punishment so much as like I tried to build a sheet that I still thought that you'd like. I gave you a laser pistol. It's a natural conclusion. Joe was always inevitable. I think yeah. is what I'm hearing. <laughs> Pretty much. 
I remember the time where you showed up to that shadow on Game Steve. That was you, the game you where actually... I, had, I had made a character that was nothing but different ammunitions with no guns. <laughs> no, no, I think that was the opposite. I think no, it was, it was the other way around. With... Oh, okay. ammunition. All right. You bin maxed the hell out of a character. You spent every single dollar your character had. And for those who don't know, Shadowrun's an incredibly crunch-heavy, character creation-heavy game. And Steve just didn't buy a single bullet but had already spent all his money. So he couldn't just be like, oh yeah, I used my petty cash and I just buy it, whatever. He had to like refit the whole <laughs> No, that, I don't think that was session. one of my min-max characters. Those usually, I usually go overboard on those. Yeah, it's, it, it is all or nothing with you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that when I was hearing about this, this, this quote-unquote one-shot that we were going to have coming up, I guess I missed the memo on the fact that it was a one-shot. I, I just heard it is like hey tori do you want to play this game with 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 us i've got some friends i want to introduce you to um here's you know the 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 world prompt and everything and i was like damn okay fuck yes this is exciting i'm getting excited let's do it let's 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 go all in (laughs) i think you just got so excited to finally be playing a game with me after so long yeah We've just been so separately into tabletop games, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. despite being so close, and just it never happened till then. Yeah. Good. Now you're in like every single one of my games. Yes. <laughs> Tori showing us up so hard on character backstory as well. We're all, all from different areas of salvage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys spitballing that all yeah, at the just, table. Oh, backstories, <laughs> yeah, for sure. We definitely have those, yep. Hey, oh. you ended up with them. I will I will tell you that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, that's kind of always been my methodology though. Think of a rough concept, think of a few little facts on him and then build him out as the narrative comes up. It, that's what makes it easier to retrofit him to whatever the hell's going on. I mean, if, I feel like that's the smarter way to play anyhow, which is yeah. ne- it's not always the way that I play. I I find it <laughs> difficult to keep myself from like getting into the backstory and be like okay i need to i need to know all of these things but you don't you don't you, you just need that like core nugget and you can just bullshit everything else out from there yeah, and also like, you, it, you don't know your character until you play them yeah yes. that, that's basically been my yeah. experience like every time i've tried to like build a character without having done like a shitload of just like mental okay but i'm putting them in this fictional situation and this one and this one and just keep doing that until they have consistency like until I do that, it doesn't matter what I put on a piece of paper. The second they hit the field, they're going to immediately start changing. Like at this point, I could play Greg in any system mm-hmm, in like mm-hmm. any world because Greg's not so much like a character of a, like a certain history, but a character with like certain innate reactions to certain types of like stimuli. Mm. I do love the specific reaction of how he's um, sort of become our party's face in a lot of ways. Because <laughs> this if- always happens. This always happens with Dan. <laughs> <laughs> he, he makes a character that on paper you're like, oh, they're going to be a bit of a mean motherfucker. They're going to be a little little askance, bit of a lone wolf. All right. And then Dan just plays them. And he's like, oh, no, they're friendly now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be a fucking edgelord. Stay in school, kids. It's oh, literally yeah. impossible for me. <laughs> I've tried so many times to do like weird loan and they'd always just become like group parent. I'm just like I mm-hmm. every like I'm a dumpster fire, but everyone else is like just like 
a huge roaring tire fire. Oh, but God. That's the, that's the charm of it for me. Dan just loves that character type. Shouldn't be friendly, but is. Should be scary, but isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, again, that's like the charm of it for me with, with all of y'all's characters. Because, like, um, yeah, I, I lean heavy on, like, the comedy and the absurdism angle a lot of the time. But, like, uh, selfish is kind of a bleak setting. A little bit. some hints folks have it rough but like um like i had to completely change like the the flavor of things outside of the one shot like once we actually started going because the the stuff we were basing the game off of one tori had no experience with it beforehand Mm -hmm. it just spitballed and two like Y'all brought a lot of warmth to the characters, and the chemistry at the table was so palpable that, like, it it pushed me to 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 have to build around that, like, you know, you know, warm character interactions, the dynamics, the like, you know, tension of, hey, these are some decent people doing their best. Oh, and shit's fucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I I actually have a a, a um question about that and i guess a question about like how we're doing this whole episode in general um yeah absolutely because this is kind of the perfect opportunity to uh insert one of the one of the questions for the q a that we got um i don't Please know if we wanted do. to have like a distinct q a ses- section but like i think it might help if we just inject some i think i think that's the thing to do yeah absolutely um inject that one right in um for for those who didn't uh listen to Tori's previous announcement or didn't see the stuff on the Twitter or in the Discord. Um, we asked for a couple questions from like uh, friends and listeners of the show. And uh, yeah, we're going to be answering those throughout this episode. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. FYI. So specifically, it was a question about uh, how in episode one, or I think specifically the uh, preamble to episode one, the Aaron, uh, you talk about this game being inspired by Tsutomu Nihei's Blame series. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, just wondering about how, one, what that is for folks who don't know it, and two, how, like, that informed the game world and how it changed from that initial setting. Oh, oh, yeah, I could, I could talk about that forever. Um... Stoma Nihei is a Japanese science fiction mangaka um, who his, his most famous works are the work Blame. But all of his works sort of has a very similar distinct visual style to it and similar themes. Um, it, it is also about like a large megastructural city that sort of grows without end and human interference. Um, and a lot of early salvage is based off of that. Um, and I don't know why I was pressing enough to do it like this, because I could have just, you know, whole-assed it. But the very first couple episodes are basically, you know, Tsutomu Nihei's blame, but, you know, serial numbers filed off a little bit. Because it was just a a one-shot that wasn't really going to be anything. Uh, And I included some elements of other stuff, because, you know, I'm a well-rounded person that has interests. (laughs) But, um... But but it definitely informed a lot of the early themes of it. But that changed pretty immediately as soon as uh, Tori's character kind of <laughs> started to, to develop in the very first episode, 
where Tori's entire, like, Ollie's entire backstory is pretty incompatible. Um, at least logistically with the exact kind of story that uh, Blame was. Like, because um, Blame was something that all three of you had experience with, right? Yeah, we um, we saw the, the recent movie, which is pretty great. Mm-hmm. And I ended up going down a rabbit hole of reading the manga and reading the manga's other works. Um, and the, the, the thing is, like, I hadn't. I was going to, but I didn't get to it in time for... Uh, in time for the quote-unquote one-shot. So all all I heard basically was like, ooh, big big city, Um, the machines hate you, the, <laughs> the city's everywhere, Uh, and that's kind of what I was working with. I think you may have sent me like a couple, um, I think you may have sent me a, a couple pictures from the manga of like the architecture, which is stunning. Um. And it's also the core theme of everything Sutoma Nihei does is the architecture yeah. and the way it bears on it. Doesn't he actually have, like, a degree in, like, architecture? I'm pretty sure he did before he started doing manga. Which makes a um, lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, Um. so everyone who's listening to this episode right now, if you haven't experienced Blame or Tsutomu Nihei's work, um, I would say, like, pause this episode for for, like, one minute, two minutes, let's say 90 seconds, uh, split it, and just Google... What what should they Google? Like, just... Like blame manga panels. Yeah. Yeah. And just look at the staircases. <laughs> look at They're the so staircases good. and the machinery Ugh. and just, like, let your mind vibe for a little bit. Then come back. We'll wait. The artist who did the album cover for our um, first soundtrack had the same experience where he was like, oh, wow. I, I right, 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 right. was unaware of this and it's super cool. I'm totally into it. Thanks for telling me about this. <laughs> uh it's it's really unique. It's even even within manga and other things, like a lot of things have drawn influence from it, but it, it is really stylistically unique and I'm very about it. I also just wanna send another shout out to Frederick Hermanson for um the uh album art for the uh first for the for the first album. Yeah, he did a really good job. That that shit is still mm-hmm. gorgeous. Yep. Oh yeah. And still very much um my desktop background. Oh it is. Cool. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah, um, absolutely. Please go check out his stuff. He was great to work with with this and it w- the piece he did was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a-, a large part of it was just blame with like I'm a big sucker for like com- I-, I knew that they'd be ripping jokes, so I was a big sucker for the sort of comedic absurdism and stuff. Um, and then Ollie brought this huge amount of like warmth and in you know the the ability for places to to have a little bit more normality to them. Like there's that bit I remember that I say in episode one where you know I roll over the idea that. Okay, so she's in a place where people can turn on a radio and listen to music when they're sad, and mm-hmm. and it kind of that and and I'll admit Ollie's Ollie's drawl, um, <laughs> like completely changed the direction that I was going to go with stuff. Um, brought a lot more warmth to it, and brought a lot more. It, it became 
a little less of the kind of, you know, wandering party, uh, Mad Maxi, you know, passing through other people's stories kind of vibe that uh, the Blame manga is known for. And kind of became a lot more about people and places and communities and home. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. That's like something that over time very much has and is becoming part of Greg's character is just him kind of realizing that, like, I've formed attachments here I was not expecting to. And given that he, you know, is such a loner, it's kind of a new fucking thing for him. Mm hmm. Yeah, uh, like I I think it's it's fun because the character who you would think would be best suited for like, you know, the wandering Ronin going through, you know, all of these other people's stories not really having a home that sort of thing would like be Joe. Um mm-hmm. but Joe got the sort of thing going on where uh basically as soon as anyone was willing to give him the time of day like that kind of attachment became such a huge focal point of his character which i just adore so much instant Um, friends yeah god i love that steve Mm -hmm. i i i care about joe a whole lot he takes up a lot of space in my brain and my heart we all love ollie too Let's be real. We all love everyone's characters. Yes. A little bit. A little bit. They're good characters. Yeah. I, I'll i be completely honest. That whole first session, I'm like, I'm going to loathe dealing with the bullshit that Steve pulls with Joe. I'm like, oh, no. Here's a character. His name's Hobo Joe. I'm going to have to just roll with that. <laughs> That's always the balance. You have, you have such a like incredible story, and all these characters have these, you know, these great backstories and and you guys do such a good job and you've got such a detailed world and and npcs and all this and i'm like what dumb things can i do here just what's the stupidest thing oh god and there's so much stupid joe stuff to come (laughs) Mm -hmm, it just mm -hmm. it goes off the rails (laughs) you don't even fucking know yeah but like but but that's the thing um like god joe's backstory is Fun. I remember when Fun, we heavy were doing on that. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember when we were about to do that episode, and I still wanted to keep it like, um, I I didn't. All I told folks was I just asked them some questions about their like their backstory. That episode being episode fifteen, right? Episode fifteen. Yeah. yeah sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. When when we but, did the uh, backstories. Mm-hmm. Well, the the first Which, time that we did them. Yeah, because I didn't, um, like, I could have just had us, you know, do something a lot more planned in advance, but I wanted to surprise you with it. Mm -hmm. A a large part of the game has been me wanting to just surprise you three with it and see your reactions, because they're pretty good a lot of the time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I still can't get over Steve with the the fucking mannequins just going, no, no. Yeah, I will say the one thing lost in podcast form is just like the physical reactions me and Steve make. I can't speak for Tori, obviously, but like me and Steve, yeah, we do enjoy making faces occasionally. Yeah, because that that was that was the only episode where I was actually like able to be in the room. Yes, um, 
because usually I, I I call in. You you phone it in. <laughs> <laughs> I phone it. Just no effort. None. But but yeah, like I just asked you, like you know, what was happening at certain times, with just a little bit of prompt beforehand. Uh, I didn't tell you how you'd be getting there or why it'd be discussed, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I don't know. It, it 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 turned out really good. I had a lot of fun with 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 those scenes. Um, but the prompt you uh, you gave me for Joe and what like what his life was like before the story was just, I guess something bad happened <laughs> in in East Talvin. <laughs> And because we made that joke in the first episode, mm-hmm. the Joe made it worse. Um, which side note, fantastic Joe perspective on what happened there. Mm-hmm. And two, uh, I don't want to think about it too much because I worry that, like, if I do, it'll ruin the fact that, like, Joe's sort of shiftless and backgroundless. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kept a lot of that in consideration with wanting to keep him that way. And also give him something. But yeah, you just were like, yeah, Aaron, you just do it. <laughs> you, you tell me what happened to Joe. <laughs> well, that's uh, a particular strength of yours, coming up with these incredible stories. And that's not necessarily a strength of mine. But I, if you give me a framework, I can definitely work with it. Well, I think the work you've done with Joe's been fantastic. Like, um, and this is a thing that you've done with characters before in other games, but... That thing where you take this character that's kind of a joke and kind of a blank slate, and I know a lot of it is you've mentioned to me that you 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 are a little unsure sometimes of your role playing and like you just said storytelling, but I think you do really good with it. You know, it just takes you some time to warm up, and when you do, like I I would I would not have initially considered the whole Joe is wandering Ronan that's actually just incredibly lonely. <laughs> starve for contact um and it's great like the the instant animosity everybody has towards him in the beginning <laughs> and then the slow and joe's just like oh my god people are talking to me i love it <laughs> yeah it's so good he's so uh but but this is the theme that i was talking about with all of your characters how so much of the story for them is I don't know, these characters kind of getting a second chance a little bit. Like, Greg had a community that he was a part of and kind of distanced himself from. And Joe never got a shot until now. Like, Ollie's maybe the only one that <laughs> in some ways is in a worse situation after, like, falling into the HMC. Forgive me for saying this, but I feel like that's kind of Ollie just naively going, well, I can just leave and get my brother, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. how big yeah. of a deal could this be? Yeah, so so much of um how I've played Ollie has been um I've kind of built it out of like in retrospect because the first few first few episodes was very much like, oh, Ollie's just this, you know, happy go lucky gal. Um and over time I had to be like, but she is constantly surrounded by like a horrible cold violent world like there's a certain amount of denial to that yeah 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 um and you actively leaned into it uh once once the game really started getting underway mm-hmm. but like it, it's it's 
And it's it's also this thing of like, you know, she's she's very shaped by where she where she grew up, how she grew up, how she reacted to all of that. Um which I think is also part of where that moment in the uh, first episode uh happened where like where when Joe was introduced and there was this sort of presumption of of like oh everyone's going to be uncomfortable with him um but with Joe you have like this person that nobody trusts and with Ollie you have this person who distrusts nobody it made a very good combo it, it, yeah. was, it was the start of something beautiful <laughs> and and i i also love how it completely just pushed greg into the role of okay i got I gotta deal with this. Yes. Yeah. These two will die if I do not help. Sense of responsibility. (laughs) Uh, He has taken so many hits. (laughs) I remember you thought Greg was straight up just going to die in that first arc. Aaron, I'm still kind of shocked that he has all of his limbs still attached. Yeah, I do. I do run things a little. On the on the high damage side, on the high lethality side of gaming. Yeah, like I, I have not prioritized Greg's bodily fucking like integrity. Integrity, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very highly at all. So the fact that he's still around and has the correct number of eyes. Does Joe, all of does his Joe fingers. prioritize Greg's bodily integrity less than Greg does or not? Tough question. No 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 no. Joe is highly prized Greg's bodily integrity. He uses it to stand behind. That's what I mean. <laughs> you did pull that meat shield thing that one time in, in Mance Macabre. Yeah, Greg's not mad, though. <laughs> he wasn't conscious to be aware it was happening. That, that's my question, though. <laughs> Who treats Greg worse, Greg or Joe? There'll be no consequences to any of this, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I, I guess I actually have a question. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. R- related to to this is, uh, like, you know, there's always this, um, question I feel hanging over, uh, the heads of, uh, actual play podcasts and stuff like that, where it's like, at a regular ass D and D table, permanent character death is already a touchy subject. Uh, depending yeah. on the table, some some tables it's like no, we're a meat grinder. Like keep keep your backups handy. Um, <laughs> but that's something that I've it's something that I've been curious about. Is mm-hmm. um, Aaron, what your uh, what your view is on lethal the lethality of this setting, and you know what that means for the story. Um, both in terms of how satisfying it is for uh, you and your players, and also, you know, how it is for an audience. Because um, as, oh, as, yeah. as much as we, you know, like to preserve the, um, preserve what happens at the table, that experience, like, once you start broadcasting, like, that's that's out the window. Absolutely. Um, well... Conveniently for us, the system that we use, Genesis, does have some some fail-safes for that, um, in which, you know, story points can be burned for, you know, small little changes of outcomes. 
Um, and one of those is, you know, you're able to push. If, if you are really committed to wanting your character around, I forget how many story points it is, but you, you can make it that, like, you still survive, but you have to be permanently changed by it. So it still has narrative significance, all that. But uh, personally, um, I'll say this. I, I tend to run rather lethal games in terms of, like, you know, stat damage levels, you know, how hard I push the, the characters. Um, but I have never actually dealt with a, with a character death in game. Really? I don't pull I don't pull any punches with it. And and you know, these two will be able to attest for like what, ten years of Shadowrun. Yeah, the only DM in our group that has a body count is me. Mm. <laughs> I don't even know how. Aaron, you backflipped a wizard I okay, had built okay. into the middle of a we melee. We can't relitigate this. <laughs> <laughs> it's the middle of a melee when it was the opponent's third. Dan, is Aaron, of course is Aaron the only player that you murdered? Yes! Uh-oh. And it was the character I had built to play myself that we lent to oh, her. Oh, that's beautiful. Oops. Oh, incredible. Anyway, anyway. But, like, I'm not opposed to it. I'm not opposed to it, but... Like on a narrative level. If Dan ever backflips um, over somebody into the middle of a fight, you're gonna murder him, aren't you? <laughs> I can't guarantee, but oh, you've done some stupider shit than that in this game, don't you? That's true. <laughs> they don't That's know true. yet, but they'll see. Aaron, can you can you metaphorically look me in the eyes and tell me that if Ollie makes a wrong step, you are willing to just cut her down Ooh. right then and there? Ooh, that's tough. I would prefer it not to happen, personally, as a storyteller, as, as somebody who cares about the narrative and really likes the characters. Um, but also, but also, I'm not necessarily going to like pull punches. But but also, I do want this to be kept in mind. Um, the games that I run, this game in particular, uh, the 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 challenges aren't particularly arbitrary. Hmm. So it's it's not like that thing where oh you know you you don't do random encounters no not in this game um I mean if I if I do like I mean I guess I run the equivalent which is I randomly come up with something in the moment is like yeah something should happen here <laughs> but um but no I don't I don't like roll on a chart uh I don't have like. Oh, here's the the fucking Tomb of Horrors demon door. Do you step foot through the portal? <laughs> no, I, like, I don't do that kind. I don't run that kind of game. And there's nothing wrong with that kind of, like, play style. But um, just doesn't gel sort of with, with what I do. So with the more sort of bespoke challenges your characters deal with, it's... I will say this. It's probably one of the reasons why I haven't had a character death. Mm. is because... Um, not that the challenges are easy, but they're not necessarily, like, they're not puzzles to be solved so much as, as things to interact with. Mm, mm-hmm. Though someday I do still want to blow up that fucking, uh, explosive gel in Joe's stomach from episode <laughs> one. I'm still thinking about that. Every session. God, you every, haven't forgotten. Every, what episode was I that, like, no. two or one? Episode, episode one. one. Oh, no, no, episode two. You're right. It was episode two. You ate the explosive gel, and I told you if if you get like two try two two despair or something, Joe's gonna explode. Uh, Joe's gonna explode. 
now I get to choose whether or not to take those those two, but ooh, there's always a chance. It, there's always a chance, and I'm always gonna think God, about it. That would it. be so incredible. I wouldn't even it's, be upset. Is today the day I blow up, Joe? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, and also, I remember, like, I've talked with you about this before, um, about you know, character mm-hmm. death and lethality. And I think you said something along the lines of like killing your characters is not the most efficient way to hurt them. Okay, yeah, maybe that's maybe I said that. That sounds like that does sound like something you would say based on having played this game full of pain. Um, I'm sorry, your character dies, and then that narrative is over. But I can I can eke out so much more interesting mm-hmm. angst from it yeah but like in, in in more ways than one like yes of course there's the emotional um ordeals that were put through hello mance macabre you're a fun arc uh, yeah but there's also like you know grievous bodily injury uh, genesis has a wonderful uh critical injury system oh it's fantastic like i think the fun thing about greg getting hurt is frankly, it's more emotionally devastating for Ali and Joe when they realize, oh wait, hold on, <laughs> than it is for Greg, who's just like, yeah, this is just this is just my life. Like this is how things go. I, I, again, I I I personally, as a person sitting at the table, would prefer your characters not to die. But you know, if if the the dice rolls happen, that might happen. But like I said, there's a certain amount of player agency to it in in the system we play. So. If it's like if if one of the players is like this absolutely feels shitty, like I'm not it, you know you have the ability to make it a little more narratively interesting, mm-hmm. maim them <laughs> instead of kill them, <laughs> but but it will have consequences yeah. if that were to ever happen. Like, but I, I like consequences. I'm a DM. I'm a GM. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> um, I am not. I'm not allergic to NPC death, though. Which terrifies me. <laughs> but, but yeah, like, here's the thing. This is, this is not an ad... Like, I will gladly have your characters get the crap beaten out of them. Like, mm-hmm. complete knock the stuffing out of those, those fools, whatever. But, um, but, but I'm not here to have, like, we're, we're not on different teams... Yeah, like we're all looking to have a good time. No one's trying to like win D and D, quote unquote. Yeah, I am like, and I'll say this too, and I think this factors into it. But I, I'm a rather selfish GM <laughs> in the sense that, like, um, uh, I like having fun at the table too. And and what's fun for me is like facilitating a good game for all four of us. So I'm not gonna do things that feel cheap or unfair. Or if I do. Like that'll be an individual miscommunication or fuck up. I'm not setting out for it. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're, we'll we'll see what happens. Let's see what we'll see what happens to these characters. They got a long ways to go yet. Uh, and enjoy them while they're there because who knows? Aaron has has said on the record that it's not impossible for them to die. <laughs> Branding be Sorry. damned. And we have come close a couple of times. <laughs> Once or twice. We have tried. Um, I will say this, and I keep harping on how good Genesis is for this, and it, it works for the types of games that I run really well, salvage especially. Actually, um, if if I may interrupt right quick, 
Uh, that was uh, one of the questions. If one is slightly pivot in that direction, is <laughs> absolutely. Let's why Genesis? Why? Why Genesis? That's that's the shortest question that we got. Two words. Why Genesis? <laughs> um. Side note: the the second shortest question was was three words. How many lesbians? We'll get into that later. <laughs> Like, the long and short of it is, uh, I've played a lot of systems, and I've thought about running a lot more and read a lot of, you know, rule books for them. And it, it does what I like to do best. I'm a big fan of very, like, you know, uh, the narrative dice system for Genesis works really well with the kind of complications and little wrinkles that I like to include in a game, it kind of just codifies and like takes up less brain space for me doing stuff that I already want to do and do in other systems. But uh, on top of that, um, it's really great for pulp. Like it was built originally. It was part of the edge of the empire uh, system for uh, the fantasy flight games version of the star Wars role-playing game. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, Genesis is the less specific version of that. It's like a more universal generalized system using those same core mechanics. Whenever I describe Genesis to my friends, I do... My my first out-the-door pitch for it is um, it is the only good setting agnostic system. <laughs> oh, you're going to make GURPS people mad. I can Let make GURPS people mad. I've played GURPS. I don't like it. Uh, Powered by Apocalypse is is interesting. I I am interested in seeing more of that, and I'd be interested in trying it. Mm. But but Genesis does kind of like uh, I like I can't. I'm 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 a Shadowrun refugee, so I like a little bit of crunch. But I like the narrative focus of it, and it's really pulpy. I I like the the style of you know (sighs) the fights are quick. And it's great for high lethality while also, like, you know, not immediately murdering everyone. It's great for, you know, uh, near misses, like, clutch last second by the skinnier teeth success. I I really enjoy it. Genesis is the only system uh, where I haven't been bored in a single combat. Like I've 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 never had another game like that. Even games that you know mean the world to me that have been fantastic. Sometimes like can kind of check out. Um, and part part of that is you know, uh, the system facilitating you know that style of play. If you have a if you have a good if you have a good DM, and the other side of that is Aaron just being a fantastic GM. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're flattering me. Uh, yes. <gasps> what were you gonna say, Dan? I was gonna say well, that's just kind of a side effect. Of just how the dice work. You can fail, but still actually have something to do. Whereas in D and D, oh, I rolled a total of seven, and I needed you know fourteen. Well, I failed. Next player, which is very good for like you know get, keeping things moving, keeping the combat moving. When you have you know like several people who are all trying to get their stuff done for a combat encounter. But when you're trying to like run a pulpy adventure and just like have weird crap happen all the time, 
Genesis, I think, fits a lot better for what we enjoy about role-playing games. Yeah, and and there's ways to fail forward in D&D, that sort of thing. But, like, oh, yeah. it's, it's not as effortless, and it's not as just, like, Genesis just puts it out in front of you, like, here. Mm-hmm. There. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, with Dungeons & Dragons, yeah, there are absolutely ways to fall forward with it. Um, but the style of game I tend to run, um, and as much, much to the chagrin of, of Tori, especially, <laughs> um, uh, like my notes for each session are essentially like three to five non-contextual nonsense sentences that most of the time don't even make it into the episode. God, you're, um, you you sent me the notes of, like, one of your sessions a while back, and it made me fucking furious. Wasn't it just, like, oh, God, so much of what stuff are is, in like... Notes? I don't think I've ever seen them. Is that Deep Steve? We, we, we've got Deep Steve? Deep Steve. Wait, Deep Steve? Deep Steve. Fuck, really? Yeah. Yes. Now? It's getting a little better, it, but yeah. It hasn't been... It's Months. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, Deep sudden, Steve. Just... We shall see if it actually shows up in the episode. Should I check the audio? No, no, no. Don't even worry no, about it. I love go. Deep Steve. Okay. I love Deep Steve. It's just stuff like Devin Senebita question mark. And and from that you just punk like ass? Devin Senebita <laughs> punk ass. And and from that you just like spin everything. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't tend know to how your brain works, and it scares me. <laughs> I tend to work off of like like very very core concepts of it, and if you have like uh, that contextual understanding of things, at least for me, I, I like I can just spin out from there because that web of connections can just be sort of made on the fly. Like I don't need to know, for example, what Devin Cinnabita or Josefa's favorite food is, but if we were doing it in session, I could absolutely spitball it. <laughs> what is Devin just- Cinnabita's favorite food? Devin said it'd be his favorite food, uh, probably deep fried sumpen. Um, Shit, there you go. Asked and answered. Yeah. All right. No, absolutely. Uh, I think a large part of it is despite actually enjoying the taste of like like sump crab or even fluke uh, in all the different you know ways that fluke's prepared, uh, doesn't like to give his dad the pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if that, that bit actually works, Tori. We might have to edit that. Oh, yeah, because we haven't met his dad yet. Well, we have. They haven't. You know, what's what's this little spoiler? Yeah, just yeah. leave it in there. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, heavily affiliated with the, the, the sump crab business. But, but anyway, yeah, Devin Cinebita, deep fried sump hen, favorite food. Yeah, where, where did, how did we get here? You asked me. We oh, we were yes. Okay. Oh yeah. We notes, were talking notes, about notes. spitballing. Yes. So no, my like notes are super sparse, and I tend to just like spitball improv my way through sessions. Um, it's why stuff like zips and chains happens because mm-hmm. they were characterless. <laughs> I mean that, and also just like the interference and in spitballing of your players. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, it lets me. It's the reason why we have an NPC named Convenience. <laughs> oh yeah it's why a lot of things happen mm. to be mm-hmm. honest mm-hmm. um but it works really well um but 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 it fits with the setting and and once you have like an idea of how these sort of goofy things work even if it's like an absurd kind of fantastical setting 
once you just have like that core, this is the theme of it, this is the vibe of it, uh, you can kind of just spitball out from there, or at least that's what I do. Um, and Genesis just takes the load off my mind. Because like I said, there are ways to make your characters fall forward or succeed poorly uh, in D&D and other tabletop systems, but uh, it makes it easier on me because I'm already just doing so much stuff at the table that one less thing to think about just makes it so much more fluid for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is why Genesis. So what you're saying is Genesis does what DN don't. No, don't put that in there. I, have I don't to. want to make the D and D people mad. <laughs> <laughs> They're perfectly nice. I have a lot of D and D five E books. All of my other games are are D and D five E, basically. Yeah, I, I love D and D. In fact, there was a there was a long time where you know I because D and D five E has been my favorite system for so long. It took me a bit actually to warm up to Genesis and actually you know get past the thing of oh, but I like seeing the numbers go and these dice don't have numbers on them. But I like the numbers and I like when you <laughs> roll 20. It's nice. But now Genesis is my favorite system, but I still play Vivi more than I play Genesis. Uh, hopefully we can get back to playing a little more Genesis every now and then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or like, you know, for the next episodes of the podcast. Um, but yeah, like, it's it's fun. I really genuinely... Uh, enjoy playing the system it's largely the reason why we play it with this um i will say this it it is kind of funny uh on that same note of like why genesis i run genesis for a number of other like small little games outside of salvage Mm -hmm. and uh tori and dan especially can attest to this but like the style of dming isn't even particularly different (laughs) is it Mm -hmm. not really no, like, this is just how I run games. The same level of just chaotic idiot players dealing with DM who was willing to just take anything we say and use it against us in the most interesting ways possible. Yeah. It's a good time. I'm very fond of it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, Tori, do you have another question you'd, you'd want to go through? I know we're kind of like tangenting a bunch here. Yeah, 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 because we, we did get several, and it'd be nice to, like, go through a few of these and not make the episode, you know, five hours long. Yeah, absolutely. Give us all the good ones in one or two of the bad ones. <laughs> okay. Um, hmm, hmm. Don't tell us don't which tell are which. Me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, uh, we, we sort of touched on this one earlier, but just, like, I'd love to get a quick intro to the players, not the player characters, but the players like, how do you know each other? How do you get into role-playing? That sort of thing. Because we we talked a little bit about how we know each other, but, like, but we haven't talked as much about, like, you know, how we got into role-playing, that sort of thing. Yeah, well, I'll start off, because it ties into how, like, Dan and Steve got into role-playing. Um, how I got into role-playing was basically just being this, like, nerdy kid in late 90s early 2000s as a kid um when i was in elementary school there's this one kid an older kid who would run uh dungeons and dragons games at recess at recess at recess outside like in this little corner of like the playground 
And like now, now the school I was at went like um from like preschool all the way up to uh essentially middle school grades. Mm-hmm. And so this was like an eighth grader in my like nine, ten year old self was just like this is fascinating. This is the wildest thing I've ever heard about. Look at these books. Look at these illustrations. Um, I was just enamored. And I I think I basically hounded my folks to 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 you know let me buy a copy of uh the the core books for Dungeons and Dragons 3.5, which was the the, the set system du jour back then. Mm-hmm. Um and I always wanted to run it and never did and basically got me in the habit of just reading tabletop game rule books for like again from like i was nine to ten till like i was 18 and i was finally able to run a game with uh <laughs> with dan and then steve you finally got your D license i did and funnily enough uh, the first thing I ran was Dungeons and Dragons, c- kind of. Um, kind of, kind of. It was uh, actually wasn't that Pathfinder? No, 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 no. First thing we ran was a version of they released in in the two thousands. They released a version of the Gamma World role playing game as part oh, right. as part World of first. yeah as part of Dungeons and Dragons Fourth Edition, which was. Also, the game of its day. Mm-hmm. Uh, some folks chagrin, I would say. But, you know, I was just happy to run anything. I didn't know better. Oh, I feel like 4th mm-hmm. edition would be much better received if it wasn't called Dungeons & Dragons. I think that's the case. It, like, it leaned very heavily into the, the wargaming roots of it. And it definitely, like, played a lot more like a strategy game of its time yeah like if if you were looking for like a tabletop tactics game that could be like tailor made to your players i feel like that's kind of what fourth edition was aiming for and yeah like it's not Mm -hmm. what we really wanted at the table at the time but i i just like it's a general thing i feel like it would have been far better received if it had been like not you know dungeons and dragons fourth edition if they'd gone with like dungeons and dragons like tactics or some other sort of like separate brand thing and not made it a whole edition i think it would have been far more you know the folks who like it will like it and the folks who don't like it will be like well it's not a new edition i don't feel obligated to change over yeah but Mm. i mean regardless of that uh it did happen some people plenty of people still like it Mm -hmm. and you know what legit we had a lot of fun with it those first couple times um, but yeah, we, so we played the Gamma World, they had a box set of Gamma World in, for fourth edition Dungeons and Dragons, and it was, Gamma World's really gone, so quite a lot of fun. Um, and, like, me and Dan were, like, part of an, and our friend Eugene, who got a, a shout out in the first, first episode, <laughs> <laughs> um who's 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 been a, lo- a big big supporter of the show and a really great friend for so many years he's my best mm-hmm. friend um shout out to eugene shout out to eugene shout out to eugene apologies to eugene <laughs> <laughs> oh deep steve for my first episode shout out 
<laughs> but uh, he was a good sport about it. But but yeah, so we we were part of a like an I guess you just describe it as like an amateur film company, like an incredibly amateur film company. I wouldn't even say company. There's film you know, crew. Yeah, it's yeah. like a film film crew. group of friends. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. film group of acquaintances. Yeah, um, people with a camera. Yeah, who knew each other? Yeah. People with a camera. And like me and Dan had known each other for a while because of this, but hadn't been particularly close until. We just sort of started t- idly talking. Dan started talking about wanting to play Dungeons and Dragons at one point. Maybe probably because we like had enough people in this little little you know posse to to do that. And I immediately was like, "Oh, really?" And we just started talking about it a bunch until we uh, got Eugene into it, and then. You know, we'd been friends with Steve for a while. Me and Eugene, we dragged him into it. Um, yeah, that's also how I met Steve. It is. <laughs> it brings folks together. It brings folks together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How Dungeon, like I was gonna say Dungeons and Dragons, but just like role playing games in general, made me like like fucking best friends. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's good. It's it's a great way to get to know people. Like not everyone you play tabletop games will be like your best friends, but you'll you'll get the opportunity to really know people. You you can't spend hours together every week with the same people doing this kind of thing without like growing a little bit closer or dropping the game. Yeah, pretty much. Um but but yeah, so we just sort of kept playing. We played, you know, regular 4E. We played uh some 3.5 we played some pathfinder um first edition because that's what was around back then we then we played shadowrun for years <laughs> i was like what five um, years no more than that we played it for like seven or eight years god we did didn't we yeah <laughs> it, that was and it was a weekly game like i said earlier so so many d6s <laughs> so many but but so we, we we've been playing games for a while um, and it's funny because I had been friends with Tori for like many, many years by the time we finally started playing Salvage and, uh, Tori had been separately playing like role-playing games. How did you get into it, Tori? Yeah. Um, so I got into, uh, tabletop games, um, Younger and more accidentally than you did, I feel. Yeah. Um, where basically, um, I I didn't know a damn thing about what D&D was. I knew that it was some sort of game. And that was that was it. I know I knew there were dungeons. I knew there were dragons. I had less than the normal pop culture uh understanding of the game except i knew that it was something that like was considered vaguely nerdy and i would i guess i would probably like it um yeah and then at one point in high school uh my friend sean shout out to sean love you um like i think it was in our german class uh because we we had a uh crew of friends that you know that we would all hang out together. And at one point he says like, Hey, have any of y'all ever like thought about playing D and D? And I was like, 
yes, I, I didn't know that I didn't know that this was in the cards for you, but like, I don't even know what this is, but I'm excited. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and he's like, cool. Um, let's figure out how to play D&D because he actually didn't know either. And none of us knew none of us had played it before. Mm-hmm. And so I I went home and I, I took like, you know, this off offhand suggestion. and was like, OK, we're going to do this. I'm committing to it. Um, and I, you know, started doing some research and I can't remember if I think this was around the time when like 5E I think had maybe been released or like maybe some of its playtest material had been re- released like for a public beta or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the, you know, popular opinions that I found at the time were largely like, you know, oh, 4E was a mistake and uh, 5E is looking interesting, but we don't know how it'll it'll play yet. And I was like, hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see, I see. What, what have y'all been playing this entire time? And it was Pathfinder. <laughs> and, and so I was like, great, Pathfinder. I found a lot of content on this from people who seem to be really passionate about this game. Uh, hey, guys, let's play Pathfinder. And, you know, uh, they're they're all like okay geez um calm down a little bit tori uh because i was um i i I think a little bit too excited about this um to play funny little dice games with my friends but so i bought the core rule book watched a lot of youtube videos you know bought an inordinate amount of dice and i was like okay I will be the DM and it's going to be great. It's going to be exactly as all, all these people have said it is on YouTube. Um, and, uh, it was, it was a bad game. (laughs) Um, I didn't do a very good job because I had, I had never played before. I'd never seen anybody play before and nobody at the table had played before. Um, but honestly, that sounds like a good time. It was. We had a blast. It's <laughs> always how first D&D sessions are, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was stupid. It was utterly stupid. <laughs> but like we had a we had a great time. And, you know, it the campaign didn't last very long. Like, of course, I had all these grand fantasies of like, you know, a years long uh, fantasy epic. But like, you know, the, the five sessions that we played were really fantastic and i kind of knew that ah shit this is this is something that like is is i have found a hobby and Mm -hmm. i like it and you know after that game sort of broke up like you know i didn't do it for a while um I, i i guess i had sort of convinced myself that i didn't have the time or like uh more more about it like i i just like hadn't asked anybody i guess i hadn't thought about it in a while just like yeah that was that was that was fun but like man how do you how do you get a good game going consistently and i didn't know i didn't know um and i had you know my mind had turned to other things um until as i'm i'm sure at least a couple other uh people who got into 5e um know about is uh I, I i listen to the adventure zone wow no one's ever done that before <laughs> yeah it's it's this really niche thing uh but yeah i listened to that and i was like oh 
oh, D&D exists and is fun. And I th- I think this would be really fun. And, you know, I, I want to... I want to interact with my friends more and get closer and, you know, do this funny fantasy thing that I've, you know, largely forgotten about in my life. And so I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, started a uh, pretty regular game with with some online friends. Um, and I was like, this is this is great, but it's 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 not enough. I need more. And I started, you know, just joined random groups online. Um, some that would last one session, some that would last a few months. Uh, some some that were good, some that were absolutely horrendous. And uh, for a good few years, I was just like doing this constantly, which, you know, maybe... You were like in five games at one point, right? Uh, the, the most I was ever in was three and a half games a week. That's which still is, a lot. That's still too many. That's still an unhealthy amount. I am I'm now a uh, more well-balanced person. Um, <laughs> you know what? Podcast editing straightened you out. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast editing is its own other game. Oh, uh, yeah. But yeah, like I played a lot which I guess you you wouldn't expect by um how I how I play that I've been doing this for a long time, but um yeah, I did that for a while, and you know, I would because uh, Aaron and I were were so close. Like, she would talk to me about her games, and I would talk to her about my games. And you know, there was always this overhanging thing of like, you know, oh, we should play together someday. Haha, <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. And then we just never did, and then we did. <laughs> well, there's some context on that too because. Um, I feel like unlike a lot of, uh, how a lot of actual plays end up happening, um, uh-huh. and I guess I've, up until Salvage, I have only played, uh, like, tabletop games, like, in person. Mm-hmm. So, we would get around to get together at, like, <laughs> God, what was it? Dan's family, family room table and just play D&D or Shadowrun. Um, even the first couple episodes of Salvage were recorded there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hence the um, bad audio. Yeah. Hence the birds. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the birds. Can we get the birds back? I miss the birds. Oh, God. No. The birds have diminished. <laughs> <laughs> but But, yeah. But so we've, like... But so, so I was just so into that paradigm of like it'd be great to play with you tori but like you know you're not nearby so that's i guess that won't happen uh-huh uh and then you know we realized we could have you call in and yeah my first experience with, with distant tabletop which has uh come in handy recently <laughs> the last couple of years um i'm still getting getting used to it i, I like like uh having people at the table uh is very nice Mm. but but yeah so i guess that's kind of how we ended up you know getting to to play role play and you know also how we got to know each other Mm -hmm. tori also said something that stuck out to me of 
I don't know what this is, but I'm excited. And I feel like that's a very Tory philosophy. Oh, I was going to say that too. It's so (laughs) you. Is it? Yeah. It's nice to be known. (laughs) Even when you don't know yourself. Um, Yeah, I think that does that one pretty well. Do we want another? Absolutely. Yeah, let's get some questions going. Yeah, let's 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 get them going. Um, (laughs) Because we could talk about them for a while. Oh, here's one. (laughs) Hi, I love the story you're telling with Ollie, Greg and Joe, and I can't wait to see how it ends. I'm wondering about if you're planning any future projects after this is completed. Do you think you might ever tell a story with the same character or in the same salvage verse? Thank you. (sighs) <sighs> that's a that's a heavy question um that is and that's 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 got many parts to it with like uh i think each of us have our own perspectives on this mm-hmm. yeah here's my first thought on it i can't wait to see how it ends too <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um i yeah that's, yeah that's kind of the gist of it yeah like it's hard to say whether you want to keep playing with these characters because we don't know how they're going to end up. Will it feel like they're done? Maybe. Hopefully. Yeah. Will it feel like there's more stories you can tell? Maybe. It's... It really depends. Yeah. It does It does feel early in the story still, like that we still have more to learn about these characters and, and more adventures to go on before we can, you know, decide if, if we've... if we want to keep doing things with them, you know... It, yeah, it feels like the core story of Salvage. There's there's a good amount to still get through. Yes. Yeah. And, um, oh. I I do still think someday it'll have a definitive end. I'm a big fan of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think it's got a ways to get there. I feel like the only things that I can say to this question are like, thank you. I'm really. I, I think we're all really enjoying it too. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, I don't intend to stop doing things with these people. Yeah, same. Uh, this is uh, my favorite game I've ever run, and mm-hmm. I'm not planning on ending it just yet. But mm-hmm. when it when the campaign reaches the conclusion, um, I like. I I absolutely still want to play games with with the three of y'all and. Uh, I'm sure we'll probably record some more of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Long way um, off, though. Oh, yeah. Though I, I do have some some fun little ideas for potential games. I am always coming up with ideas for games. It's a problem. <laughs> it is. Um, do I think we will ever tell a story with the same characters? Maybe. It, again, it really depends on where they leave off. But if we ever do play another game in, in the same salvage verse... Uh, like salvage the campaign the, the 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 individual you know story might end but i definitely will want to run more stuff in it i love the setting of it <laughs> as do i um yeah like like we were talking about before it, like it started out as as very tonoma nihei inspired inspired by a handful of other things and it kind of very rapidly became its own weird thing like i love I, I love the hmc i love the holy motorists i love the manse and the dolls and dummies there uh you know i love making fun of devon Cenobita 
<laughs> I think everyone I... does. <laughs> that, that's 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 the main selling point of this setting, is making fun of Devin Sadabita clowning on him. Oh, absolutely. And, like, there is stuff yet to come that further fleshes out the setting. Uh, and I can't wait to do more with it. The setting of, of Salvage, it's my character. And uh, I'm very fond of it. <laughs> <laughs> also, we love that you love the story. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. What is the dummy dye and what does it taste like? Bad. <laughs> that's the answer to that's both. It. That's, the whole, that's, the whole, that's the whole answer. That's it. That's the next one. Yep. Cool. Why is all the cuisine in the HMC Italian? It- it's it's not, but it does include a lot of shrimp analogs because of the flukes. <laughs> also, my my noodle obsession probably contributes oh, yeah. a little bit to the. I mean, don't uh, worry, we, we get alternate foods later. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, we do. I, uh. I I do appreciate the the food of salvage, though. Actually, like in a in a sci fi setting, you you could do different things like you know uh it's it's all of the all the same food that we have like nowadays but like you know there's replicators and shit or or like you know ah we eat bleep blorps now but Mm -hmm. and i've i've always like uh really i've been impressed by like the amount of thought and research that you put into well the setting in general but like the food um like i still haven't made the fluke scampi um, and I never will exactly because I don't eat uh, shrimp, but like, I do love how it's with certain substitutions, a legit recipe, but one that still feels very firmly rooted in the setting. That one specifically is really funny. Um, cause the fluke scampi recipe, um, it's one of the few things that I had any kind of like more solid notes for, um, same as with like some of the, the songs in setting. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fluke scampi recipes, I literally was like, okay, I, I just googled shrimp scampi recipe and made setting appropriate substitutions for certain ingredients and just like read it out in character with commentary. Yeah, I think my favorite thing about the food situation and just like the whole setting is it could be a lot better, but everything is fucked. Like, there's no reason in this universe that people have to be going hungry or, like, worried about their food. But it's just, you know, let's yeah. still just freeze-dry it anyway, though. Like, hor- horrific amounts of salt from the shit that Greg bought <laughs> it's, at the food store. A large part of it is that the setting of salvage is really dire. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I keep having to think about, why does this community of people live here? And how does this community of people live here? Exactly. How do they exist? And, and like from there, that's why food is a lot of focus. That's why things like uh, music is a lot of focus, um, especially with the big liars. Um, you know, I'm personally really kind of just interested in like, how do people live places? You know, how mm-hmm. that works. Like the the city will um present its own shitty answers to this to this question like you know you have all of the stuff from the HMC that like 
you know, shows up in the HMC Mart that is theoretically edible. You have all that. But then all the people who are living here are still people. And people are going to cook. Yeah, they're going to make do with what they have. They're they're going to uh, take what they can find and they're going to make meals to share with one another. Yeah. I feel like we're an interesting uh, role-playing cross of those anime shows that spend an inordinate amount of time with cooking shots. <laughs> okay, I will say this. I'm inordinately a fan of like edutainment anime and manga. I love it. <laughs> I, I just want to know things. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for teaching me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think like this food focus though, like I think it's a big contributor for why everything feels grounded. Like everyone's got to eat and it's still a concern for everybody, you know? And it's like a communal thing with everybody. Like it's just, it's humanizing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, well, it's not like the sole contributor. I think it's very emblematic of like, I think why we're all so enamored with the game is that little, yeah. like constant little touches of humanity. And this is like bleak fucking overwrought, like techno hellscape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the, the tone is important to me because you're right. Like it has the potential to be incredibly dire. And I tend to sh- shore that up with like a lot of wry humor at the expense of the setting and a, a lot of humanizing details, or at least I hope humanizing details. Um, again, like I like these characters and I like the setting and, uh, yeah, I want to continue to develop them. So I have a couple more questions, I think, that we can get in. Yeah, totally. Let's do it. Um, who named Kitty? Actually, who named all of the dummies? Like, did they name themselves? And oh, for Kitty okay. specifically, <laughs> there haven't been any mentions of cats. So, like, do do cats exist in Salvage? Well, okay, okay. Okay, see, I had an immediate reaction where I was like, well, well, I did. I'm the DM. (laughs) That was actually my reaction, too. (laughs) Um, But, yeah. um, Was Aaron that named the cat? I think it's it's a mix. For for a number of the characters, probably not Kitty, given the circumstances. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But um, I I think you'll get some more exploration on that. Um, But, like... I think some of them named themselves. Um, I think some of them were named, or at least in the process, then kind of like figured out their own relationship to those names. It's it's kind of complicated. Um, I would I would leave it at that. The manses kind of uh, messed up. The dummies didn't necessarily get uh, the agency that a conscious thinking being would deserve. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it like that. Um, and some of them have completely reinvented themselves and some of them have like, you know, stuck with, with what they were given and, and figured out their own relationship to it. Like, hands down, Gervais was named Gervais by somebody. (laughs) Hands down. Not by us. Yeah. 
I feel so bad for that poor fucker. We were so mean to him for basically yeah, no we, reason. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we did bully him a little bit. But, yeah. We got off on the wrong foot and, and committed so hard to never getting on the right foot. Yeah, e- even if they were, like, given spuriously by other people, um, I-, I think the names are really important to the dummies, in the sense that, like, uh, you know, a tie down to personhood, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, which is also probably why Gervais got a little upset. Maybe. Friends. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. <laughs> We were also in a bit of a bad spot and kind of just like flailing wildly for any level of, okay, yeah, but we need something that we can have control over in this hell place. <laughs> yeah, fair. Levity at the at the cost of someone else's dignity. Yep. Mm, ouch. Slash personhood. But yeah, uh, as far as cats, like, I don't know. Do you think people could wipe out cats? I, I, I'm, I'm unsure if that's the case so i'm sure there's some cats kicking around even if we God. haven't seen any yet i I love the idea that cats are just so prevalent on the internet that they just sometimes just get procedurally generated oh we will <laughs> talk about that lore later <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah uh, i'm sure cats are still kicking around mm-hmm. um yeah what next how is greg carrying so much stuff He's got a fire axe, a chainsaw, a shotgun, and all these other things. Joe has a lot of pockets, so that's self-explanatory. Greg operates on video game encumbrance rules. Greg's a beefy boy. All of it's hidden right behind the camera, so you can't see it. I believe Greg does quietly have, like, a backpack item. Yeah. So both backpack for the encumbrance. Item, so he has, like, lots of little pouches, that kind of stuff. I kind of imagine it sort of like... Little pouches where he puts his fire axe. The man's got well, lots of straps. I imagine that goes through his belt loop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That goes through his belt loop. I imagine like the shotgun's on like a sling or something, and the chainsaw. Like nothing I say is going to make the chainsaw make sense for the <laughs> shit that Greg does. <laughs> so the chainsaw um, is there when it needs to be. If I remember, it's been discussed as having been on Greg's back. Go with that then. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So yeah, Greg. I don't think Greg actually has any encumbrance left grab more shit i'm gonna be real i was fully expecting to lose several of these items in the course of my adventures like i i've thrown that axe like two or three times yeah like (laughs) oh yeah more to come it was used as a barricade like i was fully expecting that to just be destroyed i was expecting the chainsaw to like get some despairs or something and run out of fuel like the only thing i was expecting him to keep was the shotgun everything else was sort of like Oh, this will be cool for a little while, and then he never got rid of it. It stuck around. Mm-hmm. I remember how when you got the shot, not the shotgun, when you got the chainsaw, it was just like, oh, that's a cute little thing. And Greg got immediately attached to it. And was and you and you kept telling me out of character, you're like, yeah, I don't think he's going to use it very much. It's just like, you know, if he needs to actually use a chainsaw thing. And literally the next session after getting it, or the next two sessions after getting it, immediately... Brings out the chainsaw, starts <laughs> chopping things up. How could you not? <laughs> yeah. Look, the opportunity presented itself. <laughs> Greg still only really pulls it out when he's very serious about, okay, but maybe, maybe like, actually doing lots of hurt to this thing. Fuck it. I don't like it. I'm <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> I will say this. I do like how mechanically uh, viable um, 
like you guys get in such scraps like you have all these you know items and weapons and stuff but like a lot of times and it feels narratively right you just can't use them and you just end up in like you know greg punching a robot mode (laughs) (laughs) yeah like i think my favorite thing about greg and his just equipment is he has kind of just like a series of like understandable escalations Mm. (laughs) he uses the shotgun until he gets into melee then he either uses the shotgun as you know a melee weapon or he switches to his fire axe if the fire axe does not seem like it'll do it or greg has uh used it in some capacity He'll either go to his fist if he does not want to, like, escalate further, or if he really is like, no, I need to end this, he will go chainsaw. What? Are you saying that the dummy amalgam was intimidating? <laughs> yes. Hello. It needed hello. to go hello. away, Eric. Hello. I love the hello. Um. Uh, yeah, Tori, what is our next question? Joe, could you tell us about your hair care routine? Does Joe have a hair care routine? Huh. I mean, he's gotta, with how beautiful it looks. Y- yeah, for <laughs> sure, for sure. Um, Is it like any time he'd use a napkin, he just wipes the grease on his hair? <laughs> <laughs> Weird thing to do to a napkin. <laughs> you wipe your hands off on a napkin. And then you wipe the napkin off on your hair? No, that's not what I said. No, she means... That's kind of what she we means thought you said, the though. Napkin oh. with the hair. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> oh, I thought you said every time he uses a napkin, <laughs> he he uses that napkin to grease up his hair. I'm not that <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> well, you got to store that grease somewhere. Why don't you need to lubricate some gears instead of and clog wh- them up? And when you need Ima- a, a less greasy napkin. <laughs> imagine some Joe, but with now, napkins. I'm trying to imagine what the hell Joe would do if he found shampoo. I mean, taste it. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, yeah. Is there any? Is there any timeline where Joe would use shampoo? Probably not. No. No, no, no. He would use it, just not for its intended purpose. He would find some other incredibly weird, esoteric True. fucking use for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Like, oh, the car is overheating. We need some coolant. This will go well. Ah, <sighs> uh, don't tell Joe. Cars have liquids inside of them. He'll. We'll do something stupid with it. <laughs> um, yeah, but there's no way Joe has a hair care routine. Joe's hair care routine is there is hair. Maybe use it for something. Although I've never used it for anything like I said I would. But perhaps that's coming. Well, you can only use it every so often. Yeah, yeah. I need, I need good time yeah. in between. You know, it's not like pocket sand. Yeah, there is hair and I don't care. This one just says, how many lesbians? Uh. Yes. Next. Yeah. Yes. Couple. Yeah. Like at least one. Yeah. Well, I would assume. I would assume two. I would assume at <laughs> least two. <laughs> what a terrible curse to make a universe that only put one in. Yeah, that'd be awful. Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah, there are some. I think I have a good one to end on, but first, I want to ask if any of y'all have questions for the group in general. Um. I do. In the sense that this is like a typical set of questions that I always ask after every single session that we do as like a little debrief um, with with the stuff that's gone up for salvage so far. 
You guys like it? That's to you. That's to you guys. In the, the I, three of you in here. <laughs> I, I fucking love what Tori has done with it. She's taken our multi-hour ramblings and polished the <laughs> hell out of them. Uh, they've got like professional sounding musics and good edits and I don't know. She's taken our, you know, weekend hangout good time and, and turned it into a thing. It's a thing. Yeah, Tori's fucking knocked it out of the park with her fucking edits and music. You really have, Tori. Nah. <laughs> and Aaron obviously providing the good fucking base for Tori to do her shit goes oh, on no, set don't, as well. Don't turn this on me. Like, <laughs> yes, Aaron. It's Aaron, your turn. Aaron, you asked for us to your say turn positive to not know things. how to accept a compliment. Aaron, you yeah, are, damn. You are the best. The best kind of like. There is some shit going on in your head, Aaron. All right, you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, it, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> worded it better could not have worded it better thank you steven thanks for I sharing am... it with us you're welcome i'm glad there are things in my head as well god just the whole like yeah let's let's just take all right here's the notes we got four words all right hours of content generated done but but for real uh steve dan you guys i love uh, you too tori i love the things you guys do with your characters uh i love the passion y'all have put into this project and i'm so glad people get to listen to it (laughs) Uh, honestly same yeah like like i would love this if it was just something that the, the four of us were like sharing amongst ourselves but the fact that like we get to share it with with you the listener and our like family and friends and you know it's like i write you know in a in a professional capacity um but is this my most polished thing i've ever done no is is this the the best tightest thing i've ever done no but I feel like it's the most me thing I've ever done. And the fact that I get to share it with you you three and, you know, with the friends and with an audience, it's I really appreciate it. I'm glad you all like it and keep listening. <laughs> Honestly, like, it's it's my favorite creative project I've ever worked on. And even if I wasn't, you know, editing it, writing music for it, that would that would that answer would remain the same. Not not to sound conceited, but <laughs> I, I, I think it's I think it's something special. At the very least it's really special to us. Yeah. But also it's pretty good. I like it. Y'all throw me through a loop every fucking time. I mean, I hope this many this many episodes into it, other folks like it too. <laughs> yeah, I'd hope. Uh like I you know, I I was talking about this with y'all earlier, but it's like 50 hours of content up there now? Woof. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and the folks listening to it, thank you so much for listening to, like, what? At this point, uh, you know, 20 of our group hangouts, 50 hours of us playing, uh, you know, Salvage. That's over two hours of your life that you will never... Two hours. <laughs> two hours, Yeah. <laughs> That's it that's is over two hours. days of <laughs> That's over two days of your life that you will never get back. And you know what? You're welcome. It was worth it, wasn't it? <laughs> Shut up. Don't be so smug. <laughs> so smug. <laughs> <laughs>
but yeah, but yeah, I think that's that's what I gotta say about that. Um, in the regular other questions about the from the debrief uh, we do, uh, you know, what's something that from these last twenty episodes you guys loved about you know what your characters got to do? Yeah, it's hard to pick one thing, especially one thing that we had like. Several of my favorite Greg moments haven't gone up yet. <laughs> like, oh yeah, some shit just fucking happens in the next arc can yeah. change. Yeah, the end of the next arc, I feel like was a big Greg thing. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, and I can't say more than that <laughs> because spoilers. That was like the start of me, like feeling like I finally like fully clicked with Greg, and I'm really happy with like. Obviously, like, they don't know what the current arc we're recording is, but, like, the stuff that's, like, was currently going on before we had to do a pandemic break. Like, I'm still so, like, interested in going back into that because I'm, like, really happy with, like, the new things I'm potentially going to be able to explore playing as Greg. (laughs) Yeah, every day we go on a walk, you're always telling me, like, hey, I've got this idea for Greg, and I just have to sort of nod along and be like, yeah, uh (laughs) uh-huh. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. I love it. I love hearing it. I'm just like, I got to keep my cool so I don't spoil you. <laughs> like, Tori, I, I, God, Tori, you've told, like, Tori has literally, like, any time I've tried to tell her any out-of-character information, even just about the setting, a little bit, will be like, no, I need to learn it in-game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there's so many relationships and, like, inter-character dynamics that I want to explore with Greg now, and I'm... Like, I know this isn't really answering the question <laughs> that was technically asked, but I'm like, I'm so excited to get back into playing. Yeah. I mean, hell, like, what's what's your what's your favorite moment that you've had with your characters? I it probably hasn't happened yet. Like, not even <laughs> in, in our back in our backlog, but like this this game just like has not gotten worse. It does keep getting better and and unexpected ways so that might be a bit of a cop-out but i don't know there there are so many moments it's a cop-out born of love yeah yes but if you had to cop in (laughs) in the last 20 what was your favorite moment in the last 20 episodes i have a really fun moment that i like that hasn't happened yet um All right, if we had to pick ones that... Yes. Does it have to be the characters that we played, or can it be any of our characters? Because I think there's, like, my favorite moment... Yeah, you can share amongst happened, each other's moments, yeah. Yeah. Was the end of the Mansark, where Tori smooshed the spooner. Mm, that was very good. <laughs> Big fucking <sighs> boss fight. Building up the entire thing. Aaron had all these mechanics set up, and just, like, everything. And Tori just <laughs> shots it with two it's, deadly crits. <laughs> it's the one time I did prep on a combat encounter. <laughs> Even a little and bit. It was, <laughs> it was just such a catharsis moment. I was like, okay, shit, we got this second stage boss. Greg, I feel like, hasn't been doing much, but like, okay, let's get into it. And Ollie just says, I am uncomfortable. No. <laughs> just leaves it. Yeah, so. That is my favorite moment we've released so far. Things just happen sometimes. You never know when the players will just. Pull the rug out from under you. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it was like narratively too. That was such a good fucking like. Oh, it fit great, and we rolled with it. It was it was fantastic. Not what I expected from the two tier <laughs> boss fight, but wonderful. 
I think my favorite moment um, 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 amongst us of the players of the past 20 episodes, um, and this is a particularly long moment, but the um, it was the entire fight in that, like, fucked up clothing outfit that that fucked up clothing outlet like between deep v greg and all of joe's bullshit from the ceiling and ollie fucking up lil's shit it was just this incredible whirlwind of chaos that i think is i think is a um good example of going back to uh, what I said about never being bored by combats. That was so fun. Are, do you, are we are we able to tell them the, the the very cursed fact that when we were scoring that scene, you and I, Tori? Yeah. <laughs> Tori was 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 trying to figure out what to do with it, and I was like, you know, it should feel kind of like YMCA, you know, as a as a bit as a joke, and then we put YMCA to it. It worked perfectly. It might work better than the current music, which is great. I I put but. I put the um instrumental for YMCA by the Village People over that <laughs> fight scene where it now has my own score, and it matched up scarily well. It, it was it was terrifying. It was so fun too. Yeah. I wish you'd exported it so me and Steve could have heard oh, that. Oh, I did that export would have been it. Great. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, what could have been what you could have had. <laughs> if we had money to license shit. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Um, and... S- Steve, you got one? I was I was thinking of that, that moment when we get in the manse and... Um, Harriet locks us all up, and I finally get to use Joe's, uh, like, proper, uh, what's the skill? Like, skullduggery abilities? <laughs> just to repeatedly unlock him, and then just use that opportunity to fuck with people. God. It was so much fun. Joe. Joe yeah. being disarming <laughs> is always great. I, and with Harriet was just particularly delicious. That was that was a very fun thing. Almost got us killed, but it was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know what to do with that interaction. Like like Harriet was like I was she didn't so either. set to have Harriet vamp. Yeah, no, it worked perfect. But and we were so set to have her just be completely undercut at every opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> She's a fun character. She's a very fun character to play. I hope we get to see more of her. Now, the next question from our debrief. Um, I'm going to guess just, you know, codify this into like one question from two. But what what are your favorite parts of the setting? Mm. Like, especially in these last 20 episodes. New, new favorite part is that apparently there have been cats the whole time and we haven't seen any. So... Where are the cats, Aaron? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's the next adventure. Yeah. Favorite little details, y'all. I'm really fond of how most of the world is this sort of hopeless, like 
drab hellscape of tunnels and and nothing and and then we have these pockets of like real communities you know yeah such a dichotomy it's a lot of fun it's it's like yeah these the bright spots are really pleasant i love running them i mean like that that that's a big part of what i love about salvage in general is that salvage is people insisting on being people in the harshest of circumstances yeah it's probably the best way to put it yeah yeah that's basically the tone i was going to go in and i don't think i'll be able to phrase that better so i'm just going to steal tories (laughs) (laughs) fair it's it's one of the things i'm fondest of when running it like people don't stop being people because you know stuff is difficult and also when things are weird people get used to it (laughs) Like, I don't know, people have been people forever. You know, you read, like, Pompeii graffiti, you read, you know, Sanskrit tablets, it's people talking about the same stuff in the same way. Yeah, motherfucker forgot to bring the seeds in. <laughs> oh, Al Nasir and his copper again. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, man, I've been telling you the levy needs fucking fixing. When we don't get crops next year, don't come crying to me, because I fucking warned you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hrothgar was here. Exactly. <laughs> I I love my dog. He's such a good little dog. But yeah, for real. Like people are still people and that's the approach that I take whenever I write like not even write, but like whenever I you know play any of the characters or like build the setting is that how do people live here? <laughs> even if it's silly, even if it's stupid. <laughs> um it's not a setting, but I, I just remember the time that Aaron never asked me to give up my gun, so I handed them rocks instead. That was great. You pull tricks, Steve. You pull tricks and they work. You know, if we're just going to pick like a little fucking like tone-setting moment, yeah. the end of the centipede fight then. Oh. With all the, with the, little, the little tiny scream. Uh, <laughs> all yeah. the mannequins. Oh. That. Oh, <laughs> oh that, was, that was a moment, That's, yeah. That whiplash right there, that's salvage in a nutshell. I had one of my friends um, uh, message me about how upsetting that moment was with the music. Uh, the music was the perfect music for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, if, if that scene made you uncomfortable, we've all done our jobs. Just the dichotomy of big, uproarious, dumb fight where we're all like near action heroes and just kind of like goofing on fools and then oh oh that's uncomfortable <laughs> we should leave that's the thing i i do like that like even at your most actiony heroy you're you're still very human and fragile and that's what makes the upsetting bits upsetting <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah that moment was like i think where the horror with salvage really clicked for me in terms of like how to do it right, which is probably why a lot of that sort of stuff featured in the, in the mans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, okay, good. The stuff I'm doing with this has an effect. All right, I gotta keep going. You really turned up the the situational horror in the mans. You you did a good job. Well, I I love writing horror comedy, uh, and it's really fun to bring at the table. Uh, I just. Yeah, I just want to make people uncomfortable in a positive, life-affirming way. 
Um, but yeah. And Tori, what's yours? I have, and I don't know if this is like the format of an answer that you would be looking for, but I really like mm-hmm. yeah. the different sort of factions that we run into. Oh, talk to me about that. That's actually something I really love doing. <laughs> like, you know, between the um, the holy motorists and the big liars and the goths and hell even secure soft like and and you know all the folks up in the manse it's like each of these groups of people they have this wonderful sense of really weird lived inness to them where it's just like oh i can't wait to find out what your deal is and in unraveling that you also just like spend a lot of time around them and just you know meet weird folks and connect with them like i i i love the um you know for the holy motorists i love the religious cultural practices that they've got going on even though like we're you know such outsiders to that whole deal Mm -hmm. it still feels like such a solid thing that they have going on. Aw. Like. I'm glad. I don't know. I, I don't know how to properly articulate my feelings on this, but I just really... Every time you introduce a new group of people, I'm, I'm, I'm just enamored. I just... Uh, well, one, I'm just really interested in, like... I like that kind of, you know, having different interesting groups of people and like, you know, of of different cultural backgrounds, like bouncing off of each other. And so having that in the the game, I find interesting. Um, Like, I like that the Holy Motors have a developed, you know, deal and that the dummies up in the manse and these are people living very different lives and but also interacting with each other. Um, and I like seeing how weird that can be and how that can stretch. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, e- like even stuff that's a joke, like, or at least out of character, a joke, like uh, Anna's introduction is, which is the technically the introduction to the dummies is pretty funny in the first episode. And then it's, subsequently less funny as time goes on but it's because like even if it's a joke the characters have to live with it so like you gotta dig into that and it's fun to do (laughs) a lot of a lot of salvage boils down to damn this is the shit i like (laughs) (laughs) it's uh it's incredibly indulgent i'll say that um, but yeah, expect to see a lot of, a lot of more, a lot more interesting folks from interesting places mm-hmm. and, uh, more development on the folks you've already seen. Cause you have, and I'm, I'm sure it's pretty obvious, but you have not seen the last of what's going on with the goths or the holy motorists or, or even the dummies up in the manse. Uh, did that answer everything, Tori? I believe so. Um, Okay. Uh, then I have one final question for y'all from our debriefs. Mm-hmm. 
And normally the question that I ask is, you know, essentially, what are you looking forward to next time? What's something that piqued your curiosity that makes you, that you want to know more about? But since, you know, uh, the timeline of, of where the audience is at is a little different, um, I'm going to ask this. What's, like, one thing from later on that you're looking forward to folks seeing? And please dance around the subject. <laughs> Joe's train interactions. Yes, I would like to speak about That's trains. fair. Indeed. <laughs> I actually wanted to say that before, but I could not, so... Yeah, Joe's Joe's happy uh happy horizontal elevating yes. times. Mhm. I'm glad I'm glad Dan also enjoys trains as much as I do. Mm. But he stole your answer so now you need another one. Mm. I'll have to find another train <laughs> for Greg. I'm looking forward to getting to know someone's extended family. <laughs> oh, that'll be good. That'll be very fun. Mhm. Is that vague enough? Perfect. Steve, what's yours? Hmm. I keep thinking of things that we don't even know also is the problem. Because <laughs> you just want to know. That I want to know. But I need to think of the things that we know that they don't know. You know? You know what they don't know? They don't know how, how fun casinos are, do they? <laughs> they don't. They're, they're a lot of they fun. They don't. <laughs> And what about you, Aaron? Me? What am I looking forward to people getting to see? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, I am very interested in the in folks getting to see. Um, I'm very excited to see folks dig a little bit deeper into uh, the history of the Atlas a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think there'll be some interesting things that folks are interested in. Okay, and what's the question you wanted to close on, Tori? Um, yeah, I th- I think this would be a nice one to end it on. What's a compliment you would extend to one of your fellow players that you don't think they've heard yet? Aw, we tend to compliment each other so much. I don't know what we have in compliment. We, we, yeah, we're really good on we the pats. Um. <laughs> Is that too much ass padding for for the for the closer? Nah, let's do it. Okay. Yeah, but we but we haven't heard yet. Ugh. Let's skip that part and just like Dan, your D and D croissants are fantastic. What? Top top Thank shelf candy you. croissants. <laughs> croissant. 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 Oh yeah, I forgot about the time we had croissant. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I'll say one. I guess this extends to all three of you. Y'all are a imaginative creative bunch that adds a lot of the flavor and spice to this game and this podcast because of it and the story wouldn't be anything that it is without all of y'all's participation Mm, legitimate compliments cheap (laughs) (laughs) all right i tend to compliment tori a lot so i'll try to give one to steve I fucking love just, like, your ability to be, like, a low-level calculating opportunistic agent of chaos. Just, like, keep everyone 
DM and other players included on their toes because we have no idea what the fuck you're actually about to do. Oh god, yeah. Joe changes every single encounter in in ways that I'm not going to expect. I love I Mm -hmm. love just looking at a sheet of like, all right, I have an empty bottle, a popsicle stick, crayons, (laughs) like an axe, a rusty gun. All right, let's do this. What are we doing? I remember when you told me you were going to get those parkour talents, and I fucking was like, oh god, what's he gonna do now? Every time you send me a character sheet update, it's like, oh, no. He's going to use it to, like, steal a scrap of wallpaper and then, like, ten episodes later do something with it. Yeah, every time. Yeah, so I think that's... If we're going for compliments, we have not heard each other before. I think that's... I don't think you've heard that from me specifically. It is, I really appreciate that, like, ability to just improvise the most chaotic so- solution. <laughs> In any given situation. So much fun. Well, Dan, I have one for you. You play Greg as one of the most quietly warm-hearted people I've ever met. And some of the things that he does in-game have genuinely touched me as a person. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) I can't imagine what those would be, but I do. Uh, Thank you. There's a lot of little things like that from all of you in this game. Like That time you advocated cannibalism really changed Tori for the better. <laughs> that's, Joe's more of the advocate. Yeah, that's <laughs> real. Um I mean I I think about the I think about the effigies a lot. I was always so worried that I flubbed that when I first revealed that that's like a cultural thing of Greg's. I remember listening to that episode. I remember that point that I was driving by a Best Buy, and I, I still remember, like, listening to that. The the weight of your delivery was very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like... Thank you. All three of you have put so much of yourselves into the games and the characters, and... I don't know. I, I listen back on, on almost all of the episodes, or at least I try to, before they go up. And... Ah... Uh, I don't know if if the original idea of salvage was to record the moments of these games that we we share together so that we can you know remember the times we spent uh there's there's so much of you guys in this game and of all of us Aaron you, you don't get to exclude yourself <laughs> on that true it means a lot to me to be able to hear y'all are great hmm. y'all are gonna torture me to the day I die but y'all are great <laughs> I think that leaves Steve. <laughs> Wait. Yeah, follow that one <laughs> you up, get Steven. Out of this motherfucker. Come on, my, Steve. Come on, Steve. My croissant compliment? It doesn't count? It doesn't count. You need a closer, buddy. Oh, buddy. Croissants oh, don't count. Fuck. You gotta wrap this shit up. I gotta say, getting to know someone almost entirely through uh, a role-playing game has been a new experience and has been incredibly fun it's been a great way to to get to know tori and i think uh it just feels like you get to know someone perhaps better than you would normally uh in this bizarre situation where we spend most of our time playing other people together (laughs) so i've really enjoyed getting to know tori this way and it's been it's been a great friendship. It has. 
Thank you, Steve. Really have. You three are three of my best friends. Yeah. Echo that word, Shupa. Uh, <laughs> Want to run that one word by me salad. again? Damn. Wait, one more time, Dan. <laughs> what was that, Dan? Uh-huh. What was that? Frame, frame please. <laughs> Dan, please. Please, please, English, actually. But yeah, echo that shit right back at you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Uh, uh, thank God we don't have a podcast for me to talk to, like, intelligibly or oh, anything. Oh, God forbid. Ah, uh, Toria. Toria let it clean. <laughs> nah. That part I'm that leaving. Is... That part exactly. stays. <laughs> Alrighty, y'all. Recorded for posterity, motherfuckers. Don't worry, Dan. We're going to hide it on the internet. No one will ever be there. It was good to get to talk with y'all about uh, salvage so far and answer a couple of your questions. And mm-hmm. I guess just chat about the game. Uh, I can't wait to get back to playing. Yeah. Same here. It's It's good. It's been good. I love this game. I love y'all. And... It's been a great year. Well, well, <laughs> yeah, in some not, ways, in some let, ways. Hold on. <laughs> Fair. But, uh, Sorry, remember what year it is. But he, we at least, we hope that this has been a right spot of year to year two. All right. Uh, Signing off, y'all. Seeing and all that. Bye. Peace. Peace.